0: This episode's been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, I'm joined by alumni Kelson Gent and Ifti Zaim, who were teammates. From 2006 to 2008. Since then, they've both moved on to help establish the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. Welcome, gentlemen. I'm really happy to have y'all here um, on the line. I've got my two good friends. I've got Kelson Gent and Nifty um, Zayam. Say hi, say hi, fellas. Hey,
1: everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Nifty, and uh, thanks so much for having us, Mike.
0: Yeah, and this Absolutely. is Kelson.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I just want to kind of catch up with y'all. It's been a while since um, the three of us have been in the same place at the same time. I think it's been since 2007 or 2008. Uh, but I just want to see where y'all are at these days. Um, Kelson, the last time I saw you was in Boston.
2: Yes. So you guys have been up twice now. You guys were up fairly recently in January
0: uh February um October it was was October
2: good lord (laughs) Uh, I have no idea where the time's gone this whole like quarantine thing I barely know the only way I know that it's the weekend is that I don't go to work yeah Uh, but uh yeah I guess October it was the last time you saw us we're still in uh Boston we uh have a house out here outside the city with our three dogs. So. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, and ifty, the, uh, the last time I spoke with you, I haven't had a chance to visit you yet, but you're in Chicago. That was the last time we spoke,
1: right? That's right. Still am still. I'm in Chicago.
0: I'd really like to hear you alls story of how y'all got from Texas Taekwondo and then after college and then ending up where you're all at. Um, because I think one of the biggest adventures a lot of recent grads will have, or the biggest changes in their lives, will be moving to a place outside of Texas.
2: Oh, yeah, that uh, I think that's both of a That's a pretty it's extensive a bit... story for both of us. <laughs> both of us kind of went all over the place. Um,
1: yeah.
0: cause both you're both originally to... from Houston, right?
1: Not exactly. Not, okay, not yeah, not me. sorry. <laughs>
3: ish Ish.
1: yeah it's kind of like kind of like a world tour for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay um well let's start with you Kelson. i'd like to hear how you ended up in boston
2: yes so um so i originally am from houston ish Uh, i moved to houston when i was about 10 before that you name it in the continental u.s i've lived there um but uh so Houston to Texas. And then, uh, I guess the story of like how I got started on this route kind of starts right after I graduate. Um, right after I graduate, my parents, um, moved to Denver. So the mm. entire time that I was at Texas, my parents were in Denver. Uh, um, so kind of living pretty far away from home. Um, so kind of got used to being away from home and, uh, Got started as I progressed um, through school, kind of realized that I uh, wanted, to to, wanted to go to graduate school, kind of always had the goal of getting the doctorate um, and went to pursue a career in academia as the goal. And uh, I ended up at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, and uh, pursuing my uh, Ph.D. in computer engineering um spent six years in in blacksburg virginia did finish my uh my doctorate also found out that i didn't like academia (laughs) Uh, and i had absolutely no desire to do have anything to do with a career in academia (laughs) (laughs) um learned that academia was not about teaching um was not about pursuing the education further learn that academia was about chasing grants and (laughs) chasing Uh, tenure and trying to publish as much as you can on the backs of your graduate students um who might get to eat after they've after they've uh graded three thousand papers Uh, uh, and decided that i really wasn't about that what i really wanted to do if i was going to be in academia was to teach um and develop the next generation of um, programmers, and since I couldn't do that, I said, "Well, if I'm going to have to do research anyway, I might as well get paid for it." And I went to and I went into industry. Okay. Um, so, uh, at the time, um, I started dating in graduate school. I started dating my now fiance, who we own this house together and our dogs, um, and I got. A couple of ultimatums (laughs) one was that texas was too hot and two was that she never wanted to live in the bay area uh and i said okay that's fine um i also think that texas is too hot the summer that i left in austin was 115 degrees with all the all the fires i went "Eh, let's not and so we both looked at uh, where's the best place for our career. And we decided by, we decided Boston and not a week later, I get a, um, an email from one of the prior students in a, um, I was part of an NSF center. I get an email from one of the other students at the NFF center saying, hey, there's a position for verification work in Waltham outside of Boston and i emailed them and said hey i was considering boston as a <laughs> as a place <laughs> got the interview got through the interview process got the job moved up here um my fiance was, at the time was doing uh, when i moved up um she was doing um chemical defense research out of um Aberdeen proving grounds um
0: that's in maryland right
2: yeah in maryland outside of baltimore she packed up moved up to boston spent some time finding a job and four years later here we are
0: oh wow it's been four years huh yeah i i almost i i've gotten to the point where i consider you a bostonian you know I, I, i for some reason when i look at kelton i think that's bostonian all that you're missing right now is the accent Kelson, Well, well it's have you... really
2: funny because my grandfather grew up in Boston, in Newton. And my grandmother grew up just north of Boston at the border of um, New Hampshire in Nashville. Uh, so okay. but I'd never really been here in my life. And so I moved up here and was just like, oh, my God these people (laughs) are just like my family (laughs) i had no idea i had no understanding of like the culture of that and like where a lot of that stuff because you know when you're culturally a northerner in the south you always feel a little bit out of place culturally because my family was so different and i was like i don't understand what like I just thought my family was weird, uh, <laughs> and then I moved up here and I went, oh no, they're just from the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> Driving heaven, oh, have you? <laughs> so it's been it's been an amusing <laughs> process.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm really happy to see that you've settled in, and for at least for me, it really it really looks like you're you've found a place to really. Um, identify with. And again, when I think of Kelsen, I think of Boston and it really seems like a very natural, very good fit so far. Yeah. Um, so far
2: I've, I've been loving it. So
0: yeah. If D how did you end up in Chicago? There was a period of time. I think the last time I coached you, you know, that was what? 13, 13 slash 12 years ago. And then mm-hmm. we all kind of went our own ways and then all of a sudden you're in Chicago <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: so there, there, there's there a, a big road. gap to
0: the story
1: <laughs> there was a road yes yeah. so, um, in, in terms of uh, in terms of how I got here, so uh, like you mentioned, I went to high school in Houston um went to Texas, and I pretty much knew I wanted to be a lawyer um at that time, even I knew from high school that I wanted to be a lawyer. And I came to Texas studying mechanical engineering because my folks insisted I have a real major. Quietly changed the major (laughs) at the end of my second year and -hmm. told them later. (laughs) After the ad drop period had completely expired and all recourse was gone. And uh, so I uh, graduated from Texas in 2009, I want to say. Yeah, December of 2009. And then worked at a law firm in Houston for about eight months or something like that. In the meantime, I was applying to law schools and waiting for admissions and I knew that I wanted to be, you know, back in Chicago for some reason. I was born in Chicago. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad lived here for a while. I only lived here until I was about four. Then my family picked up sticks and moved to Karachi, Pakistan, lived there until I was about 13, until they picked up sticks and moved to Connecticut, because they wanted me and my brother to have a U.S. education. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, Indian parents are nuts, man. It's like you literally pick <laughs> up and move countries for your kid's education. <laughs> but uh, you Things know, the were, parents will do. Yeah. I mean, they, they were still running their office in Pakistan, except they were doing it from Connecticut wow wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so uh two years into connecticut uh they decided that yeah the social scene here is kind of too cold for them um not enough going on it's kind of a sleepy town um so they decided to move down to houston and that's how we ended up in cinco ranch uh Kelsey and i went to high school together actually
0: oh uh, that uh, explains a lot
1: yeah so uh then uh Texas was, you know, the natural school to go to. It's an awesome school, the state school. Um, That time, you know, we didn't have, we weren't exactly rolling in cash or anything like that. So um, it made all the sense in the world to go there. After Texas, I was thinking, all right, I want to go back to Chicago. And I've always liked the city. I've always really, you know, liked the vibe. Um, It's like New York, in terms of all the fun factor, but none of the bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> so you know, and people are approximately 5% as angry on a continual basis as they are walking around New York city. So you got the theater scene, you got the music scene, you got the restaurant scene and you don't get honked at by every cab driver at every intersection. So gotcha. It, it, Chicago's wonderful. Um, I pretty much was dead set on coming back here. So when I was applying to law schools, long way to get back to this point. Um, I was kind of I kind of had this in mind. So I thought, all right, either I want a law school with national reach or I want a law school that's proximal to Chicago. And the good fit ended up being Iowa, partially because it was, you know, a couple hundred miles away from Chicago, partially because they were throwing money at me. And, you know, who doesn't like that? Um, (laughs) So uh, came to Iowa for law school, spent three years there. That was 2010 to 2013 and anyone who is in the legal industry and here's graduated in 2013 will wince um because 2012 was the legal industry's crash it kind of lagged a little behind the rest of the economy uh, oh wow so it went from like 40 percent placement in amlaw 100 um out of my uh, law school or maybe it was amlaw 500 i don't remember exactly which it's pretty far in the rearview mirror now um, but it went from fantastic placement to not. Um wow. and I graduated the year after, which is actually almost worse because what happened is a whole bunch of you know associates and junior partners and stuff got laid off right left and center, they're all in the job market. And yeah. they're willing to take a haircut to get back into the into the arena they want to be in. And right. here come the first year law students with zero experience competing head to head with these guys. <laughs> wow (laughs) So that was a bit of a nightmare um but uh i managed to land a job in iowa city just you know to pay my way through the bar exam it's atrociously expensive that's a whole other story um so i you know wouldn't have to take out bar prep loans they take like credit cards and if you don't know for sure that you have a job on the other side it's a really big risk to take that short-term loan to cover your bar expenses or anything like that and there's Right. Pain. So a lot of people did it. I decided not to. I figured it was safer to take the job for a year. Worked in Iowa City, took the bar, passed, and thought, sweet, now I have a law license. No problem. Um, well, no, that wasn't the end of the road. <laughs> I ended up uh, having to work uh, kind of whatever work I could find for a while, because as soon as I got the Illinois law license, I became it became pretty hard to find a legal job in Iowa because everyone knew that, you know, the second I find a gig in Chicago, I'm gone, which was true. You know, they weren't wrong. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. uh, So I worked uh, various factory gigs and stuff like that for a bit, saved up some extra money, um, burned OT and then moved to Chicago in 2014. And I was pretty fortunate that since my folks were mobile and they just sold their house, they uh, also moved to Chicago shortly thereafter. So that made the job okay. much less painful. Um, and uh, yeah, so I ended up finding a position in October of 2015. It was, a, it was a bit of a hike between when I graduated from law school and when I landed a position. Uh, but it was in, the, in an industry that was or in a legal field that was great for me. So ended up doing patent yeah.
0: litigation so if the I do want to say this um <laughs> your freshman year two thousand and seven and it's it's interesting that you I just heard this story from you. I could tell that you wanted to be a lawyer
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you when you came to the Taekwondo team when you first started there's something about you I knew <laughs> you You like to talk your way through things. And I was like, no, we're just here to work, Ifty. We're just here to train. We're just here to train in Taekwondo. And that's all we're gonna do. Less talking, more doing. But IFTY, IFTY, I knew always had to talk about things and have logic through all that. And I was like, oh, all right, we're just gonna run around the campus. (laughs) We're just gonna run around the campus. (laughs) Um you you hear me? Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna run on campus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I do vaguely remember that you were an engineer your first year, but you had the makings of a lawyer. So that that's I'm I'm really happy to see that that's how it it uh, it unfolded for you. Yeah. You know that was the the path you set out for yourself. Yeah, it
1: was a bumpy road, but you know it's it's one that got there eventually.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really glad to see that y'all stuck to it because I know, you know, we only took couple minutes to talk about you know what covered many years but i know through all those years there's a lot of bumps in road and a lot of adversity and you know the story that you just told right now for both of you doesn't do it the full justice it deserves um but i i really just wanted everyone especially the students right now at texas taekwondo to hear um you know these types of success stories from from alumni from you know people that are just like them you know, uh, that went through Texas Taekwondo and, you know, after college, what, what they want to do. Do they want to stay in Texas? Are they afraid to take that leap and go out of state? That type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you all y'all have a really resonating story for them.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because, like, I, I think, like, the crucial part about both our stories is that, like, there's a lot of – there's a support network there on both ends. Uh, right? if he has his family i have my family being very supportive through the whole thing too and like i have my friends and um and, and all of that and, and and that's crucial like in these kind of things right it, it's easier to get it's easier to face that kind of, when the rough and tumble of it when when you've got people there they're backing you and uh yeah who also think you can do it um and, and it lets you do whatever you need to in those times when it really sucks.
0: That's a very good point you bring up. Um, you know, it's not necessarily like a safety net, but just someone that has, that has belief in you. Like you said, um, gosh, it's something like that. So, so very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely um, huge. I mean, I, I don't even know where I would have ended up without all the yeah. help and support that I received. And it wasn't just you know, families like, you know, having friends and everyone who are rooting for you and who keep on reminding you that, no, you're worth it. You know, that, no, you're going to, you're going to make it just keep grinding, just keep at it. And it comes down to grit at the end of the day, but that has to come from somewhere. Yeah. You need a backing and the support network both makes it possible to grind in some cases, because, you know, if you got to put food on the table, you can't look at what you're going to do in two months. Um, And it gives you that kind of that backing, so that you just keep yourself centered keep reminding yourself that you keep at it you'll make it might be a while might hurt a bit but you'll make it
0: excellent points um i absolutely agree i want to rewind a little bit to y'all's freshman year and it was my second year as an assistant coach for texas taekwondo and it was also my last year at the time and um you know I, I want to hear y'all's story. What it was like for y'all? I, again, I remember it from my point of view, and I remember these two freshmen coming into Texas, coming into my Texas Taekwondo team. And again, iffy, you know, you you like to talk your way out of most things, and you know, Kelson was ever you know the smart guy. <laughs> and here I was like, you know, we're just here to work out. We're just here to train, and y'all continue to impress me. But yeah, I, I want to hear it from y'all's point of view. What was it like? Why did you, why did you come to Texas Taekwondo?
1: Kelston, you should go first, since uh, why you went to Texas Taekwondo has a lot to do with why I went to Texas Taekwondo. <laughs> so,
2: I started doing Taekwondo in high school. Um, actually, earlier than that, I started early junior high because a friend of mine was doing it and got there and it just became a part of my life. Um, and I got to school and I said, I didn't, didn't know what to do. It's a new environment. So I'm going to do this Texas Taekwondo thing. Um, didn't know anybody couldn't go home cause my, my home in Houston wasn't, my parents didn't own that house anymore. Couldn't go back. <laughs> um you know they were 950 miles away in denver um and so it was the natural it was just like what am i going to do i I'll keep doing taekwondo it was a little intimidating for sure the natural thing to do when you're 18 years old and uh and uh it's things are a little intimidating is pretend you're not scared of it at all uh, <laughs> uh, so, I think that was kind of my experience with it. Yeah. It was exciting. Um, it was, it drove that competitiveness. Um, I mean, I still remember all the places on the circuit, on the 5 a.m.
0: circuits where I puked around.
3: <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I remember that too, Kelson. <laughs> I remember that too.
2: Because I, cause I uh, puke and then I just keep going until I puke again.
0: And so, <laughs> it, so it's it's interesting you bring that up, Kelson. Um so I, I, I do want to say y'all caught me as a coach, as a person at a really weird crossroads in my life. Um, you know, we were transitioning to this new hyper-focused, competition team I was transitioning out of military life um, and I was still trying to figure out what to do with my life at post-college and we were very driven at the time and we also had this mentality that uh, we were just going to be really really tough on ourselves and on our team and if if people couldn't keep up with us so be it. it it's very different than how we are now and, uh yeah, I, I do remember not to stay too fixated on Kelson's throwing up <laughs> or anything, but I do remember <laughs> there, was, there was one spot on the circuit. It was near to law school. It was near to law school, right? We would run the whole 40 acres, and there was this hill yep. near oh, the law yeah. school. There was a tree.
3: There's a the tree at I the top. There was a tree at the top. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Yeah, we would run all the way out there, and then we're still trying to catch our breath, and then we'd be like, okay, we're going to run five to ten sprints up to that tree, back and down, five. back it and down. It
3: was like
1: 10 or 15. More <laughs> <You never laughs> once so we run five.
0: <laughs> and so I'll let y'all in a little secret. I was hurting a lot too, okay? It sucked for me just as much. Um, but I was, you know, I had to... I had to tough it out in front of everybody, but I do remember one time we ran, it was 5 a.m. in the morning. Kelton was doing his sprints. And then when he got to the bottom or it was either at the top or the bottom and he, he, he threw up and there was this other kid named Daniel Puella yep. or something like that. Yep. And he was caught He was caught up in the excitement and he goes, awesome. Yeah. And then, and I, and I turned to him and was like, hey, shut up. Keep running. And he was like, oh, and he starts running more. But it, it, was, <laughs> it was interesting. I was really impressed by this bravada that y'all put on. Like, it, I have to admit, I probably would have hated me as a coach. Right? If I was in y'all's position, I would have hated me so much. But y'all took it on the chin. You put up this positive front. And you cheered on a teammate as they threw up. <laughs> and I was like... You don't see that very often. That's I guess that's kind of impressive. <laughs> uh, but you don't see like,
1: that very I, often. I find it funny that you think that we would have hated you because it wasn't like that, man. I mean, it was it, it felt like there was a shared goal, like there was a focus. And everyone was working. There was. You know, okay. and when when you've got that idea that, you know, this is just a really, really heavy load at the end of this chain, but by God, we're gonna pull it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah. like uh like it's something that would breed resentment or anything like that. It's just, you know, yeah, we're being hard on ourselves because that's what it takes. So do it or don't, but that's a personal decision. Yeah. But if you're going to be here, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, wow. I know. Speaking
2: for me, it, it never felt cruel. Um, it, Everybody had to do it. Nobody was singled out for it. Yeah. Um, and it, it never felt cruel i mean like at least at least to me like it felt hard <laughs> but it, it it there's a difference between like it being cruel and being like y'all are a bunch of 18 year olds who <laughs> kind of think you're in shape
0: <laughs> i reflect on those times a lot because i was still I was not far removed from from the Marine Corps at the time. So it was still very fresh on my mind. And I, I remember I had hard times. Like, I remember I, I made I made um, Alondra cry. I, I remember making Kelly mm-hmm. cry. And I'm pretty sure I've pissed off like a few others. And you now I was just
2: I can tell you for, for some that reason you made Suchi cry at least once.
0: Oh my gosh, i not Suchi. Please, not Suchi. Oh, Mike,
1: if it makes you feel better, I, I pissed her off so much the next year's tryouts that uh, it might have almost equaled it. So,
3: oh, I, guess
1: who took your role the next year?
3: Oh man,
1: that was, that was my job. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: oh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Like, we all, we all took it on the chin, everybody still has pretty fond memories of you from that time
1: really fond actually (laughs) Um, i mean i i can't overstate how much taekwondo the first year especially and especially tryouts kind of forged me in a sense because i yeah like really you know this probably i came in with basically no background in martial arts or anything like that hardly any athletic background whatsoever so you were kind of starting with zero for me like i think two weeks or three weeks before tryouts um I started like running laps at the gym or something like that to build up some basic amount of cardio. Um, and I was coming to practice and stuff like that. But that was about the, that was about the extent of my physical fitness in any real sense of the word. Like, yeah, I did pushups and squats and stuff like that at home. So I had something of a baseline, but it wasn't much of anything. And then I roll into Texas Taekwondo and it's like, Hey, try it there in two weeks. You want to, want to do, want to do it? Like sweet. Yeah, sure. Why not?
3: <laughs>
1: so I hop into it, it's like, all right, we're going around yeah. campus and we're doing a whole bunch of stuff in the middle.
3: It's like, oh, God. But it was, it
1: was oh, a man. really formative experience because it's one of those situations where you think, okay, I'm either going to put my ego on the table and forget about it and accept that, you know, this is going to take a ton of hard work, put in the hard work, and reap the benefits on the other side, or I won't. And, you know, it yeah. the it was, on the one hand, it was hard. On the other hand, though, it's like it passed so quickly that you didn't even have time to think about feeling it, in a sense. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's like it hurts in the moment, but the next moment you've forgotten what you felt five minutes ago right and it's just kind of this progressive thing that you're in it you're dragging yourself through it you just keep dragging until you get to the end of the workday and you know you keel over and die for about an hour (sighs) and then you (laughs) you you consider your life choices and then you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day five days later or six days later i think it was you're done at five days yeah i think we ended on the yeah uh friday morning run and we did you know, after you're done with that, you think, all right, what does this mean? And what yeah. it meant was that I'd done something that I'd never thought I'd be able to do, that I'd not even really made too poor showing of it, I thought. <laughs> and, you know, here we are on the other side. You made it. So that kind of... Yeah. And... Also, the notion that, uh, you know, you're gonna receive a lot of input and feedback as you go, it wasn't personal, it was never personal, right? It was always, you know, focused on what you're doing, focused on the work. And because of the way that it was focused and the way it was was directed, it was motivating. And it was motivating in a way that kind of imparted a very results-oriented mentality, uh, where, you know, you're thinking, Yes, the path sucks. Yes, it's hard. But that's the goal. And we're getting there. And this is what it takes to get there. So do it. And that's something that stuck with me. Yeah, you know, like today. And it's why, you know, I really like dealing with people who have that kind of, you know, athletic background, that's probably the most common place where people develop it, because it gives you that grit. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? That in order to, you know, in order to make it, in order to claw your way through in a meritocratic society, you really need a good amount of grit. And Texas Taekwondo is a large part of what kind of steeled me for the world, in a sense.
0: Wow. I mean, I remember y'all's tryouts. And I purposely, Joe and I purposely made it very difficult. And, but there were some very memorable moments from that. Like, um, I remember mm-hmm. campus runs. I remember running bleachers. <laughs> oh man, bleachers. Yep. I
3: remember bleachers.
0: <laughs> but I remember I remember finishing a campus run at the steps in front of the main tower at sunrise and just sitting there in silence. And you don't get those moments very often. Like, you know, no one's walking on campus. It's yeah. just a few of us wearing gray shirts, we're all soaked in sweat. We're still trying to catch your breath, but then you see that sun come up, and then you can see the Capitol in the distance, and it's just 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 peace and quiet and it, it just with a few people that you knew just made it through some of the toughest running. And those are moments that you don't get very often. Um, I remember that a lot. I remember running to the top of the stadium and just you know, after running those ramps, your, your legs are burning, but you get to the top, and you have this awesome view of campus. Um, those are the memories I take uh, from y'all's y'all's first year. It was it was really you yeah, don't get those again, you know.
3: Man.
2: Yeah, those were those were I think I, I know those were my favorite. I can't speak for everybody else, but the like finishing at yeah. sunrise that was uh, that was one of my especially
1: when you take that
2: it made usually made it all worth.
1: Especially it. when you take that right yeah. turn onto the first mall um, that leads up to Main Mall. And from that point, you hit a dead sprint, like, and then uh, you go up those short stairs. I think there's like eight or 10 stairs or something like that in two banks that lead up to main mall. And then you sprint yeah. down main mall to the tower. And that was, I mean, that was just, like, even though you'd been running and doing push-ups and doing crunches and hill sprints and everything in between, you know, for the past 40 minutes or whatever it took to run around that four and a half, three and a half mile course, round campus, that last sprint, you still felt like you had wings
0: y'all always found a second win I don't know how y'all did it. everyone always found a second win on that stretch that you're talking about Ifty, and they would always make that sprint to to the finish line and it was like straight <laughs> out of rocky right It's it like straight out of rocky that's what I thought
2: yeah, I've found that that that's never changed i've always that's something that's just been true for um any, any sort of sport or activity I I've, I've done, you know, now that I do a lot more weightlifting, that last set is always the easiest, right? Yeah. For whatever reason you like the second to last set, if you're going to fail somewhere, it's there, right? <clears throat> that last set, you know, it's going to be done when you just get it up. Right. You it, like, and so there's, it, you. it's just easier to do. Yeah. Um, the, there's not the, there's something kind of like, it frees you up in that moment, right. To just finish, finish. Yep. It. Um, but when they're when you're like, God, I've got another, another one after this, right. The, the worst part of it was whatever the last station was before <laughs> that final spread. That was always the worst station because you were like, God damn it, now I've got to go sprint up.
3: Was it the sit-ups? Yeah, yeah it,
0: was, the it
1: was It was where? Um, it uh, was near San... What is it, dorm? Uh, San Jacinto. Yeah, San Jacinto. San Jacinto. Yeah. That, I think, was that second to last station. Then yeah. we run up the road that leads towards Jester, I think, or... Yeah, and then yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember. It's it, it's all kind of blurry. I, I've <laughs> I've only done the uh, the I did Taekwondo two years. I did tryouts twice. The first time was kind of a blur, so most of my memory with the route and stuff is actually from the second time. But the problem with the second time is that because I was kind of serving as that kind of enforcer, I wasn't running the route. I was actually running back and forth between the run groups. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're running twice as much
1: really like it, yeah really I, I know exactly like what it, you mean I was uh I was kind of scared
2: yeah I didn't have the <laughs> sit-ups
1: <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was interesting although I will say that Mike I think that something that you trained into us actually probably has a something to do with why that last set always feels easier it's because you're always saving gas until the last set, kind of like Kelsen alluded to. But you always trained us really mm. hard that in the last round, you leave everything on the mat, that you just go for broke, dump it all. And if you've got anything left at the tank at the end, it's too much. So I think that's yeah. part of the carryover of that, that you know, no matter what I'm doing either, it's the same as Kelsen. If it's the last something, that last stretch yeah. is always, you know, it's kind of like, it's not that it's easy, it's that it's routine, in a sense, right? It's, it's like I go into autopilot, and I'm not thinking about it anymore. And, and then, you know, right after it, it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit down now. But <laughs> but until you're done, you know, it's it's Bye. like you've got, it's like you're free, you know, you your body's just doing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's that freedom at the end. Like for me, it's just like after this, it doesn't matter. I can lay on the floor. I can roll around. I can <laughs> <cuss> <laughs> and swear. It doesn't matter. Like I will be done. And so I might as well just leave it on the table because what else? I mean, if I don't, then. Right, if I walk out of this and 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 I leave something on the table in the final set, right, or that that final push, then I didn't, then I didn't do it to my best. I didn't do it to my potential, my capability. If you put everything out there in that final bit then you can walk away from it and say, I did it. I did a hundred percent of what I could do. And I didn't, I didn't give up. I didn't cheat. I didn't take the easy way and it's done for better or worse. (laughs) Right. No matter what I did, what the numbers were, it was the best I could do on that day.
0: You gave it your all and it's, it's, something you can be proud of and that's something pretty it's not something easily accomplished you you've got to do a lot to do you know to be proud of something that you did i totally get that yeah totally get that
2: and you got to go past where your mind tells you you can't do it to know what your body can do
0: the next thing i want to talk to y'all about is you know we are i mean we're more than we're about 10 years away 10 years removed from when y'all were last at texas more than 10 years and yet, yeah, that's
2: crazy to think about, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, y'all will come back and you'll be, you'll be old people. <laughs> um,
2: I mean, I passed that mark. I passed that mark about two years ago now for the college students.
0: <laughs> I turned um,
2: 32 in June.
0: Jeez. I can't believe I met y'all when you were bright eyed 18 year olds.
3: Um, <laughs>
0: but what i want to get to is y'all came back to texas taekwondo and kind of in a different way than most others um y'all helped lead the charge in creating the texas taekwondo alumni association endowment fund and it's something that um i think is pretty neat and you know i i'd, I'd like to hear y'all's take as to you know what led y'all to you know get involved with that and to really help push this initiative.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I think it it started, um, and huge credit um, to you, Mike, who who did a lot of the legwork on on finding out about it. Um, I heard about it from you, and you contacted um, me about this idea, um, <laughs> saying, "Hey, we want to do this thing." And uh, I think it was kind of a. It started as a. Oh, we're connecting with old alums and um what's going on and then we sort of stayed in contact a little bit and then it got brought up that hey you're doing this um no oh, and one of the things I, I i take away from where i am now 10 years out is that just how fortunate I, i've really been um And how much I really got to skip a lot of the hardship that a lot of my peers went through. Mm. Um, You know, when I graduated in 2010, we were in the, we were in the depths of. That's right. Recession. Of the recession. In the middle of it, my peers are graduated in 2009, we're having hard times finding jobs by the time we hit 2010 jobs were could be had but if you weren't at the top of the engineering class you struggled for six eight months a year to find a job um and i had been working through school i had a potential job offer from that and I went to graduate school and I I was once you're in graduate school you're I was on a fellowship and and just yeah. completely insulated from anything that was going on in the world um <laughs> in the ivory tower
0: um not at all for 6
2: years um you know beyond my own personal um personal demons uh, of which taekwondo is a is is a somewhat of a forge for those but graduate school brings it to another uh another dimension yeah man. Um, yeah. graduate graduate school is uh it's just its own thing um yeah and it, it graduate school is a graduate school is is, is six years of self-doubt um <laughs> and, and that's a and and because research is what you're doing when you don't know what you're doing.
0: Right. Right.
2: And so it's literally just spending all your time, having no idea what you're doing, (laughs) not knowing if anything's going to work. And there are days that you feel like a monkey throwing crap at the the spectators (laughs) praying that
0: something (laughs) sticks. Well, I mean, Um, so, I mean, to the point you, Kelson and Ifty. I mean, you are two of our largest contributors to the endowment, and I know you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be humble. I'm gonna get
2: back to this.
0: You're um, gonna you're gonna be very humble about it. But I mean, that's a big statement, and you know, I, it yeah. means a lot. It really does, and I really hope that the message resonates with a lot of a lot of other alumni.
2: Yeah, and and the point kind of here is that is that right. The worst that I had to go through in regards to that was I never had to figure out where my next meal was coming from the fa- the fellowship took care of that I never had to figure out how the hell I was going to put bills or student loans, right? Yeah. Any uh, any of that kind of stuff. Um you know, and I got out and we were in this booming economy and it took me it took me longer to graduate than to find a job. I had a job 6 months before I graduated. Uh, oh wow. You know, it I started the process in December and by the middle of January I had two job offers and people bidding out for it right and and so I I left graduate school in an entirely different environment than what I walked into graduate school than where we were in graduate school and so while I wasn't making money at that time I came out in in such a competitive environment that I went from being in graduate school and not getting to eat until i graded three thousand papers <laughs> um, to being incredibly fortunate um yeah. and felt like, like to a large degree oh. that i i felt extremely fortunate through that whole and and, and graduate school was a part of that process of yeah, it insulated me from those uncertainties. I lived in a very cheap town. I, uh, you know, all all of those things felt extraordinarily fortunate, and the and wasn't fortunate all the way through undergrad. And things like competition fees, traveling costs, that was never a problem for me. Yeah, um, and. When you talk to me about the endowment, that was a way of using my fortune to give back and to hopefully make it so that other students who don't have that fortune from exterior circumstances can get to experience it. Right. Um, and, and that was, was really important to me
0: yeah i was really thrilled and surprised and impressed um when you know you came on board and then you mentioned oh hey by the way i was talking to Ifty, and you know we kind of got into a competition and yeah he's pretty much going to match me i was like y'all are still competing against each other
1: (laughs) i mean it's it's not competition as much as that we're still i mean you know remotely but in a sense, thick as thieves. So what about doing something, <laughs> you know, the other's going to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was really thrilled. That, I was like, oh man, if these back, well, better, you know, better get ready for
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the things that like, I, as I've gotten a little bit older and as I've gotten, I think a little bit wiser, I, I've started to learn the importance of like, Shared values, and yeah. I, oh, yeah, I share my time with people who share my values. Yeah, um, um. And, and to me, like, and Ifty and I share values, and so I knew that when I called Ifty and said, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. Here's what the purpose is," he was gonna be in. Um, I didn't know the extent. <laughs> um, to which he was going to be in on that.
1: It's no different than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if if the I want to hear your side. I mean, cuz again, I was I was in contact with Kelson because I saw him at um a fairly recent alum, um Taekwondo banquet. He showed up, he was a keynote speaker, and I remember running into Kelson cuz I wasn't expecting to see him. It was kind of a surprise. <laughs> We run, in, we, we run into each other in the hallway at the union. I'm like, holy cow, Kelson? Kelson Gant? And he kind of looked at me like, it's Mike Tran. Whoa. Eh. I was like, clearly we're going to the same event. I was like, yeah, yeah. And so we, we go in there, and it turns out Kelson is the keynote speaker. And I was like, man. So that was pretty cool to see Kelson again, to catch up with him and see that he's doing well. So after that, that was a what?
2: That was a tough speech. I thought about that one. Anyways, we can maybe
0: talk it was, about it
3: later, but
2: I, it was about
0: the grindstone. It was a really good yeah. speech. I still remember it. Um, but yeah, so that's when I catch up with Kelton again, we, we reconnect and then, you know, a year or two later we come up with the endowment and then at like a phone call to, or later Kelton's like, Oh yeah, by the way, Ifty's on board now, I was like, Whoa, Ifty. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want to hear how, you know, I want to see from your point of view, what, what it was like for you to come, to come back to Texas Taekwondo through the endowment.
1: Well, it's, for me, it's about one thing really, and there's two facts that substantiate that. So the one thing is just gratitude. And the two facts that kind of form the foundation of that are that I too feel like, you know, life has dealt me a really nice hand. I'm very, very grateful and happy for how things have worked out, especially since, you know, for a long time, I didn't know it was going to, didn't know if it was going to. For a while, the probability that I was going to have a good outcome of uh, this whole law business seemed kind of bleak. And then things fell into place. I got in at the ground floor at a firm the firm got a lot bigger. You know, I got exactly the type of work in life and challenge I was hoping for and I was really well compensated for it. So between all of these things and you know that's that's the first fact. The second fact that I first fact was that you know I've been lucky. The second fact was that I would not have been here were it not for the traits And kind of personality that was cultivated through the Texas Taekwondo team. And I mean, Mike, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I don't think I would have made it were not for the fact that, you know, you kind of taught me what real training looks like, you know, what training for success looks like. And I didn't understand what that looked like until Texas Taekwondo. And Since then, I've been able to apply it to basically everything. Just, you know, the attitude, the intensity, um, the focus. And I wouldn't have landed where I am without those things. I wouldn't have been as good at what I do without those things. So Texas Taekwondo, in a sense, was really closely intertwined with any good fortune and, you know, other... Occurrences that landed me where I am. So,
3: wow!
1: Giving backs just seemed like you know it wasn't even a question. Just you know, like all right, what can I do? Yeah. As soon As Kelson uh, called and was like, "Hey, we're doing an, embe- an endowment. That's awesome. I'm on board." You now you didn't have to talk me into that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah i'm 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 really. Humbled when I hear you say things like that. I mean, you know, Texas Taekwondo has been a part of my life since gosh, twenty years ago when I was a freshman, and it's crazy to think during that span all the different faces that have gone through and all the different people that have been in and out, and but they all have that common trait at the end of it. And um, yeah, I'm again, I'm I'm really humbled and really honored to hear all that and just to have y'all back, you know, just to chat with y'all again. It's it's really great. I mean, it it feels like I mean, again, it was it's been thirteen years since we've been all been in the same place at the same time. Yeah. But conversations like this make me feel like we haven't missed a beat really. (laughs) You know.
1: Overall still, you know, eighteen something, twenty something at heart. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I
2: know. I hope not.
3: (laughs) <laughs>
2: um, I hope I've learned a thing or two since <laughs>
1: I've maybe learned a yeah. thing or two but am I going to act in keeping with what I've learned uh, maybe not
0: <laughs> Ifty, there was a story that you shared with me a while ago and I want to hear it again about how I think you were at University of Chicago or somewhere and you tried joining a, a Muay Thai club And something happened. You you brought it up and you said, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, long story short, I was declared persona non grata. I was like, wait, what? And then you stopped right there. You stopped right there. And I was like, you can't, you just yada, yada, yada over the best stuff.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that was, um, that was because I kicked too hard. (laughs) <laughs> what? No. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: For a Mu-, a Mu Thai club. You well, kicked you know, too hard in a Muay Thai thing. club.
1: It wasn't a kickboxing club. I was hoping it was a kickboxing club. It was kind of advertised as one. But uh, it was actually a uh, kind of a more cardio focused thing. Okay. And, I see. and, you know, it's like I came in looking to train a certain way. And I adapted down to it when I was in the thing. But after the thing, I talked to the instructor because, you know, she, she like toned me down a couple of times, right. Where she's like, yeah, you gotta, you you gotta be like, you gotta take like some of the edge off that a lot of the edge off that I'm like, okay, cool. And I was already taking the edge (laughs) off it. So I'm like, Jesus, I just, (laughs) You're,
0: you're like, I just spent four years Running bleachers. What do you expect me <laughs> well, to do? I mean, it
1: was more like, I'm already giving you 30%. Come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, oh, but, you know, so I thought it was going to be more of a competitive affair. And I chatted with the instructor after. and was like, hey, you know, it isn't really my thing. And the conversation didn't go so hot because she thought that I was saying something bad about the class, essentially. <laughs> uh-huh. All I was saying was that, look, I was looking for more of a competitive thing. This doesn't quite seem to be that, so sorry, I won't be signing up.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and and she was, you know, asking follow-up questions and stuff like that, and it's like, uh, <laughs> at the end of that kind of and I was like, all right, look, I'm just going to leave, all right, sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, You probably should, I'm like, all right.
3: <laughs> Later.
0: <laughs> you got PNG'd. <laughs> P-N-G. Wow, that that's that's a high honor. In some
3: uh, yeah, yes,
1: I, was, I, I felt kind of bad because I was like, you know, the conversation didn't have to escalate like that. And I, did, I didn't think I was escalating. I mean, I was in law school at the time. So I was deconstructing yeah. it eight different ways to be like, all right, where did this conversation go completely wrong? And I think it's just right from the start that it was the insinuation that this isn't tough enough. This isn't what I was up for. And yeah. She didn't like it. And at the same time, I mean, you know, then I went to another Muay Thai club in Chicago for a bit. And this is shortly before our office moved and I wasn't able to go there anymore. I had to just do my own stuff in a bag room. But this was like a competitive gym where, you know, they train pros and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm home again. (laughs) Ah. It was uh, was a totally different experience, though, because this is something I will tell everyone who's in college right now. Do not stop working out. No matter how busy uh, you get, no matter what, do not stop. Because the second you do, you're going to try and get back in at some point. And when you do, it will feel like death.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's so it, tough it, to get
2: back.
1: In. It,
0: it is so tough, but you know you, you've got that itch for a long time. <laughs> Even if you don't work it out, you have got that itch. And uh, well, Kelson can what
2: used to be able to do. Yeah, that's Kelson.
0: Wow. Yeah. Kelson will testify to this. When we went to Boston for the past two years for a Taekwondo tournament, Kelson will Kelson will meet us up at MIT, and he's watching those matches. And I see his foot twitching. <laughs> I, I I can see Kelson oh, yeah. like he he'll stand there with his arms crossed, right? But then I watch his feet, and they're like bouncing really, really aggressively. And then he'll start getting into his like stances. I'm like, Kelson, what's up, man? I like, I just got to cut kick something. I, I don't know why. I just have to. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
2: It's crazy. Like, oh no. And you definitely, you definitely don't remember. You definitely remember what you could do in the endurance that you, that you used to have. <laughs> and like the, you're so used to operating at a higher level that when you get back into something, you want to train at that level and you just can't do it.
0: Oh, yeah, geez. your your mind is saying your your, your mind. mind is saying you can do things, but your body can't. Dude,
1: I I, I yeah. pushed it too far actually, just uh, past January, and this is a uh, this is a counterpoint to our not getting old. Um, I managed to pinch a spinal bone. <laughs> oh God! <laughs>
3: yeah, oh, no. great.
1: Let me tell you. And the oh, best part geez. is that it's like I was I was throwing roundhouse kicks on the back. and you know it it's just it's just a gym, it's just a big heavy bag. Whatever yeah. I, I, I kick a little differently now I do the Thai style kick with the shin instead of uh, the Taekwondo style right. kick with the foot. It, it's the technique is
0: and not and not so much to the head anymore. Maybe oh, just level or below. It's so
1: good. <laughs> it's, so good <laughs> it's fun. Um, but my flexibility isn't quite there anymore. But that's not. Uh, yeah. You know that's what happened is that I was. I'm trying to practice a way to add just a little more torque. And the thing is that I already, uh. you know, I, my brown house kick is still, I'd say decent. Like it's not, you know, high level amateur Muay Thai decent or anything like that, but it's decent. You know, people hear it and they're like, Jesus Christ, what? Um, but uh, I was trying to add a little bit of power. So I'm like giving um, the left kick, I'm trying to give it a little more right arm swing, and then a counter swing right. the left, towards the left as my hips come over to kind of counter torque my hips against my torso and give it something harder to push against. And I was already doing that to an extent, but I was trying to amp it up a bit and I've not gotten too much sleep. My mind was out there <laughs> a stressful day, all bad, bad, bad things to do when you're hitting something hard. Um,
3: because yeah, you throw yeah. your
1: body just a little out of whack <clears throat> and something's going to get because everything needs to be synchronized or something's just going to pop. And I throw like my, I don't know, tw- it was in my third set. So it would have been my 30-something kick of the day. And I feel like a twinge right on my neck, the back of my neck. I'm like, oh, Oof. that ain't good. <laughs> and then I think, all right, it doesn't really hurt. Whatever. Let's, let's <laughs> ease back into it, see how we do. And I throw another one, yeah. throw another one, throw another one, and none of them are flying right. I'm like, okay, that's it. And <laughs> I'm going to stop here. Starts to hurt a bit the next day. I feel like I got a kink in my neck. No big deal. Just, you know, foam roll it out, do some light workouts with upper body and stuff. Don't mess with the neck. Proceed about my week. Um, two weeks later, I think it's mostly gone. I'm on a plane trip to canada to meet some <laughs> extended family first night there yeah wake up serious pain in my shoulder trying to massage it out and it's like it, oh god <laughs> bad, news bears, <laughs> bad news bears um
3: it was oh, awful
1: i was laid out it took two weeks for it to kick in but as soon as it kicked in
3: yeah man
0: like,
1: i was just laid out for a solid
0: i I I, I I totally hear you you know at at 38 years old right now, um, I have to train smarter and not harder. Um, it, it's God, I learned that lesson the hard
3: way
2: too, <laughs> and I still yeah. try to train harder. Yeah, uh,
0: no more like no more, you know, working through the pain. The moment I feel a little bit of pain, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit out for a little bit. Like I, I went back to Austin a couple weeks ago and I tried sparring for the first time in years, and it's a totally different game now and I'm like, nope. I, I I had a few rounds I was like, okay, I've got to sit out for a little bit, but I, I'm definitely not not where I used to be. And that's okay. I, I think I'm okay with that right now. <laughs> it's been a blast chatting with y'all and catching up. Um, real quick, I wanna, you know, see what y'all are uh what you've got in your your little coffee mugs right now. <laughs> we get out of here. Um like for me, I'm drinking um because I knew I was going to have a classy conversation with some distinguished gentlemen, I busted out a rye whiskey that was distilled at the George Washington Distillery in uh, Mount Vernon, Virginia. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking right now. You're
1: local, good man yeah. <laughs> Me, it's um, um, medium roast coffee, sadly enough, not even Irish. Uh, <laughs> but it is uh, it is fresh ground, fresh brewed. And it's delicious. All right. Although it's gone now,
2: so oh well. <laughs> Man, Mike went with the high-class rye whiskey, <laughs> and I made myself a Trudy's Mexi Mart <laughs> to relive the
0: back to t- Texas, back
2: <laughs> to Texas, Texas. I love just it. Straight I'm up, kidding. like trash <laughs> undergrad drink.
3: Trudy's been, that, what was that
1: other place on quad 27th and quad right behind durin uh open all night pancakes in the morning the rush hour at 2 oh, a.m Kirby Lane. Kirby, Kirby Kirby lane. lane.
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i, yeah. Man, I, I sincerely
1: times. miss both Kirby lane and trudy's <laughs> hey
0: so before we get off um before we get off this podcast ifty when are we gonna see you again
1: <laughs> god um Hmm, good question. Good question. I guess the question is when is anyone gonna see anyone again? First. Okay. <laughs> After well, that, so, uh, I'd so, I can, no, yeah. I'd be happy to make the no, trip down.
0: So no hard commitments, but what I want what I want to say is there's always going to be an open invitation for, for both of y'all. You know, I just want you to know that there is always an open invitation for you I know Coach Joe would love to see y'all again. Maybe he'd like to spar with y'all again. I don't know. but <laughs>
2: I'm not sparring with someone who's qualified for in the U.S. Open.
3: Uh-uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you 100%, Kelson. <laughs> Um, But there is there is always an open invitation for y'all here at Texas Taekwondo. Whenever you're back in town, just you know, ring us up, meet us up again. Whatever, or if we go to Chicago, hey. we'll ring you up. If the yeah, and you know, Kelson, it's almost like an annual thing every time we go to Boston, we ring you up. We will definitely yeah. take you up on that offer of you know, hanging out at your house,
2: yeah, for sure. After Next time we're all allowed, we're all allowed out in uh, large gatherings, all uh, cook up food, hey,
0: yeah, um,
2: barbecue time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, abs- I guarantee um, you
2: can't get it in any of the restaurants. <laughs>
0: uh, but again, I want to express my gratitude, my thanks for everything y'all have done. Um, you know, the history of Texas Taekwondo, y'all are definitely a part of that history, and I am, I'm very honored and happy to have crossed paths with you, and to see where y'all are at these days. So, thanks again, you know, from all of Texas Taekwondo, thanks to thanks y'all. For having us, Mike. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us, Mike.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Have a good one. This is Coach Mike signing off. Kelson, have a good one. FD, have a good one too. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Texas Taekwondo alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook em.